0: On today's episode, we find out a little more of what led to the decision for the Maple Leafs to part ways with general manager Kyle Dubas. Also, some front runners are starting to surface. All that more coming up on the Locked On Leafs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day.
1: Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello and welcome into the May 23rd edition of the Lockdown Lease podcast, a daily Maple Leaf centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike Decepro from TSN, also my guy, Dave Morisuti from Sportsnet. Dave, before we go any further, got to wish you a happy belated brother. How was your uh, birthday this weekend? What'd you get up to?
1: Well, got to go with the long standing Toronto sports tradition of watching a team lose. Again,
0: <laughs> oh, you were at the Jays game, yep. you were at the Blue Jays game. Yeah, did you stay for the whole game?
1: Uh, I left after it was 6 3.
0: Yeah, okay, uh, was I
1: over. knew at that point it was done.
0: Yeah, yeah, good ballpark, by the way. I because I was also there, we didn't end up uh, mm-hmm. eating meeting up and um, we were going to afterwards. I guess you had a
1: Nono, was calling. Yeah, can't can't make Nono wait.
0: Yeah, so we then ended up running into each other there. But it was the first time that I had made it down to the new ballpark, and man, I gotta tell you, I'm I was impressed. I, I like what they've done. I think the the bars out in the outfield are are really yeah. really cool. The patios, Um, you know, Mark Shapiro and uh and um you know he he did a really good job. Of kind of rejigging that place to make it a much more vibier atmosphere. Even the seats up, like I got tickets up in the 500s. I think you were a little lower than I was. um Even the they well, they redid all the seats up in the 500s, and they're like just a little, a little wider, a little bigger, a little more comfortable. You know, for you know bigger fellas like us, I I quite enjoyed uh you know the new design of the arena and of the ballpark and even right down to, to the new seats were pretty good so that was good what'd you have at nona's place my friend
1: oh you know the staples you had your pasta you had the meatballs nice freaking parm and then a nice tiramisu cake
0: very very nice buddy hopefully you uh enjoyed your birthday um, today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Lockdown NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. All right, buddy, let's get right into the news and notes from Leafland. Um, obviously there's no more games going on, but if you you know don't don't fret, don't worry. We're still gonna be doing daily podcasts each weekday. And you know, it's there's, there's never a dull moment in Leafland, and there's so much more to cover now, even with the Maple Leafs after the Kyle Dubas situation. So if you you know weren't sure what was going to happen to locked on Leafs after the uh, Leafs got eliminated from the playoffs, we still got you covered all the way through until the end of the season and through the off season as well. So uh, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Um, we got some more information this weekend. Uh, some stuff has started to come out on what exactly happened with the relationship between Kyle Dubas and the Toronto Maple Leafs on Friday. We put out a, a podcast after hearing from Brendan Shanahan. You guys can go and check that out. Um, it should be our last show that we we put out here. And we gave our, our raw thoughts on what we heard from Shanahan, but we did put a disclaimer and say, it's only one part of the story, right? We haven't heard from the other side in Kyle Dubas. And um, there, there's probably going to be more information that comes to light that won't necessarily, um, you know, paint Dubas in as bad a a light as Shanahan tried to do in his press conference. That was quite the spin zone. Um, I I, I would say, you know, the biggest difference or the biggest maybe thing that we learned this weekend is that it, it, as we kind of expected, it seems as though the fallout was not truly about money as Brendan Shanahan liked... uh, like to make us think. He talked about the sizable financial gap from the uh, the new package that was presented to him on that Thursday, which made him rethink one to bring back uh, Dubis and, and whatnot and decide the next day that he was going to let him go instead. So he talked about this financial package, but from what we're hearing from a lot of different sources and a lot of different reporters and writers is there was a lot more to the story. It wasn't necessarily the financial package that was the big, uh, you know, the, the the wedge between the Maple Leafs and Kyle Dubas, as we would have expected. This is a team that is a billion-dollar corporation. I would imagine a couple more million would not necessarily be the difference uh, of bringing him back and letting him go. It appears that it was more of a decision-making is what this came down to. He wanted a little bit more autonomy. Um, to make all the, the day-to-day hockey operations decisions, part of which is, you know, Brendan Shanahan's job in a way. Um, but it sounds as though Shani, along with the board from MLSE, was unwilling to meet those demands. And that's somewhat what kind of led to the breakup of Kyle Dubas and the Toronto Maple Leafs, Dave.
1: Yeah, it just seemed like, you know, like when you have so many – levels you have to go through to get a decision put down like that that does wear you know when you when negotiations are happening when trades need to happen you kind of want to have things done in a timely manner so it seems like Kyle Dubas wanted to shorten that process a little bit but at the same time it's also like you're gonna ask for more autonomy on decisions uh, during a period of time where the team hasn't been successful with the moves that had already been made right It's one thing to ask for autonomy if you're helping this organization really take the next steps and you just feel like, okay, if I just get a little bit more of my more hands on with this, we can get to where we need to go. And it's just like, how can you ask for that when it hasn't really worked out to the full degree? Like, I understand that, you know, what, there's probably things that Kyle Dewis probably wanted to do that didn't get didn't get voted. Right, didn't get the green light. But there's also things that Kyle Dubas did that probably shouldn't have gone the green light. Like, if we like at the end of the day, too, right? It's not, it's never going to be, you know, you're never going to have that a thousand in these no. situations. So, yeah, I think I, I, I mean, we talked about this. I, like, I never thought it was money. Like, a corporation like MLSE, unless Kyle Dubas was asking for ridiculous money, which all accounts says he wasn't.
0: Reportedly, somewhere in the range of six to seven million, which, which is, is like Babcock money. I think he would be worth Mike Babcock money, if you ask me.
1: Yeah, I mean, the and they were, MLSC was willing to do that for as long as they did with Mike Babcock, right?
0: That guy three years not to coach the team, and didn't bat an eye about it.
1: Yeah, so it's it's just such a tough situation because, again, we haven't heard Dubas' side. We likely won't hear anything for a bit. It just seems like he wants... He's probably focusing on what's next. I mean, for him, it was probably coming off of a bit of a tough period, right, where he thought he was going to be coming back and then getting the offer pulled and being told by Shanahan that he wasn't going to be brought back. You know, it probably needs a little bit of time to kind of just gather his thoughts and not make the reactionary you know message afterwards right so yeah yeah
0: well there was also an interesting article that was written by um rachel dory in the hockey news that kind of dives a little deeper into management and and ownership and mlsc and the structure and kind of the the lack of leadership from the top potentially and um she had an opinion piece saying Maple Leafs parting with Kyle Dubas rings alarm bells. And then kind of talked about the decision-making that went into it and how MLSE has, and how they've operated with their French sports franchises in the last year and a half, two years has been a lot different than they were, you know, the few years prior, right? Like no longer is Tim Liwicky there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was kind of the man who, who, I guess brought in Shanahan. He brought in Masai. He brought in, you know, um, uh, Bill Manning. Like he he brought in all of these successful people who turned around all these sport financial, all these sports franchise in the city. And he has since left. And um, right now, it appears that they don't really have anybody who's like the head of the snake. I guess as a mm-hmm. CEO within MLSC, Frisdahl was a guy who was in place uh, according to Rachel Dory and, and and he left in 2022 and since then it appears that it's been a little bit um, you know murky a lot of the uh, you know the the line of communication has been going up from Shanny to the board as opposed to one figurehead as as the CEO of MLSE. and maybe that's what's kind of caused some friction um, too many cooks in the kitchen, I think, is pretty much the, the phrasing that you could use here. And, um, you know, I wonder how much that really played into what uh, what we saw kind of take place last week is, you know, just kind of a, a lack of leadership from an MLSC standpoint. Uh, and, and maybe everybody was just being a little bit too stubborn when all said and done. And now they're going in a different direction and they're searching for a new general manager.
1: Yeah, and just to give you a better idea, the right now, if you look on the MLSC website, too, they have an interim president and CEO. CEO her name is Cynthia Divine uh, Devine. Or Devine uh, does not really have much of a sports background. Her time includes uh, Tim Hortons. She was working over at, uh, part of the board of Tim Hortons, Mate Fleet Foods, and Pepsi Cola Canada. So... Like it's, it's a drastically different case. Uh, even the, the CEO, as you said, Michael Frisdale, came from Air Canada, right? Tim Lilicki, his background was all in sports, right? He, he was known as the sports guy. So it, it does say something when you're trying to talk to a board who's being led by somebody who's not doesn't have experience in the sports world. And this was, I, that was probably a good thing that Dory did mention because it's totally different when you're talking to somebody who's got a financial background. That's good if you want. like That's usually what a CFO is for. Right. That's not what a CEO is for. No. So, yeah, that, that's, that is something that, you know, uh, it, it doesn't sound great. But at the same time, this is also what your presidents are supposed to be for. The presidents are supposed to be able to sell to the board the moves you're trying to make, what you're trying to do.
0: Yeah. And, and it appears that Shani and, and Kyle also weren't on the same page. So it, it that did not also um, probably didn't help the case here, but um, cause there was another report from Chris Johnston today on his podcast, the the Chris Johnston podcast that apparently Brendan Shanahan called the stars prior to making the, the Kyle Dubas uh, firing and, you know, led them all to believe, apparently, that uh, that he planned on running the team back with the core four. Told them all, like, "Hey, we plan on coming back with you guys, and it's not going to be with with Kyle Dubas." So, again, when we talk about um, you know potentially there being too many cooks in the kitchen, some sort of rift within Dubas and Shanny and the board, I wonder how much of that had to do with Kyle Dubas wanting to make a a shift in his philosophy move on from one of those core four players and eventually it ruffled enough feathers where, you know, they said, you know what, actually let's, let's move on from Kyle Dubas and bring in someone who can maybe, you know, get this team to to stick around and try and win with this core with the Shanna plan. Cause that was the original Shanna plan was for them to win with this core. And now they don't want to revert off course. They moved on from Kyle Dubas, but perhaps they feel someone else can come in and finish the job. Um, I don't know how i like I guess we'll we'll wait and see if that is the case but I did think that it was very interesting to hear that Shanahan is considering bring it back not just considering but is likely to bring back the core four next year according yeah. to johnston
1: yeah it's we we do know that shanahan isn't exactly you know he's he's been he's been a believer of this core right you think about all the Past failures they've had Shanahan hasn't been the one to come out and say Yeah maybe we need to change Something he's always been the one to double Down whether it's been with with Kyle Dubas Whether it's been with Shelton Keefe and The players so You wonder if you know At some point Dubas has been wanting To make some changes and Shanahan's like Well that's not the plan that I had like that I wanted to set forth Right we wanted our Core guys to be the ones to get it done but at the same time, you have to wonder, like, things keep happening. You know, you see the same thing happening again and again and again. At one point, does somebody say,
0: well... They can't get it done. They, 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 can't, can't, get it done. they can't get it done. Like, they, they've given them yeah. ample opportunity, chance after chance after chance. And Kyle Dubas obviously came to the realization that they can't get it done and said in his press conference that if, if he were to remain as a general manager, they're going to have to, you know shift their direction a little bit. And what I thought that meant was move on from one of those core four pieces um, and probably also Sheldon Keith, the coach. And clearly, Brendan Shanahan or the board, somebody did not like that messaging. And um, we'll see. Again, it, it doesn't mean that they are going to go into next season with the core four, but I think that this report is interesting, that it sounds as though it's a more likely scenario than – we maybe envisioned it being uh, not too long ago. I guess on Friday or Saturday, when we were all speculating what's next, because you now once Spetta left, and then Elliot Friedman had the report on Austin Matthews, which we'll get into in a little bit. There was a lot of you know tough thoughts about the direction that the Maple Leafs are heading in. Why don't we take a quick break? When we come back, maybe we'll get into that a little bit. Just where your head's at, and um, we'll talk a little bit about where we feel about the direction of this club after digesting what's gone on over the course of the last 72 hours or so. And also a couple of names starting to emerge as some potential suitors for the Maple Leafs for their vacant general manager position. We'll tell you some of those names next. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Moore Studios in the Lockdown Leafs Podcast, part of Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day, and today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Uh, Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up into the day of the event. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. Find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game time will credit you. 110% of the difference. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. Got Dave Morissuti with me. Uh, Thank you so much to our everydayers who come and watch and listen to the show each and every day. You know who you are. We appreciate it. And if you're new to the podcast, well, thank you for taking uh, a moment to give us a try and and, and listen to what we got to say. Hopefully you've enjoyed the content so far. Maybe you've learned a thing or two and want to continue to stay up to date on what's going on with the Maple Leafs throughout this GM search in the off-season, the busy off-season that it's going to be. Uh, and to do so, make sure you're subscribed to us here at the Locked On These Podcasts. Uh, you can find it wherever you get your podcast, also up here on YouTube. we got daily um, weekday content out coming out to you, so make sure you are subscribed. Dave, I want to just get your raw thoughts and like how you're feeling about things because I was having a couple conversations with some, you know, with some friends and some Leaf fans, you know, after digesting what had happened on Friday and going into Saturday, you start to see some of this other information that came out, you know, it turns out there was more of an internal struggle than maybe, you know, it appeared to and the fact that out of nowhere after 10 years it what's been a very buttoned up and bottled up and tight you know, organization. Now everything's getting aired out, all the dirty laundry out into the universe. And, you know, it, 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 kind of made me feel like we're going in a weird direction, you know, like things seem to be going in a good direction. I know that the on ice product was frustrating. Just the fact that, you know, it was a team that just wasn't able to get over the hump and win games, but, It it, it was at least a a product and it was at least an organization that you felt good about their direction. Um, I really, really want to get your thoughts and opinions on how you feel the Maple Leafs direction, what direction the Leafs are going in. Like, Do you feel like we're going into a better situation or does it feel like maybe things are kind of going on the downswing now after all this news and, you know, we're not sure what the future holds for this Leafs team.
1: I mean, it's really tough because you don't know when Brandon Shanahan came out in that press conference and he was saying that he wants an experience. No, somebody with experience would be kind of like the priority or like really valuable um, he didn't want to say that. That's exactly what he's looking for because he obviously doesn't rule out want to rule out anybody when he's doing his GM search. Then Elliot Friedman kind of came out and said that he's also looking for somebody with some bite to him. It's just like, okay, like who does he mean by that? Like w- you look at the available options out there in terms of guys that check out like that check off the box, and just like it's not like they're going to be a million ways better than what Kyle Dubas is, right? Like we're not talking about. Like, I'm just trying to think of an example here. Like, like George McPhee was somebody I had heard a name. I was like, why would he leave Vegas? Vegas is is up up in the up right now. Like they're doing so well. Like there's just some like names being thrown out there and just like a are they better than Kyle Dubis? And B do they even want to deal with a job like this? Right, this is not an easy job. So that's why like those who are like. Pro, like pro on the move of getting rid of Kyle Dubas. I totally get it. He's had so much time here to try to do things and get this team on the up. But at the same time, it's just like,
0: let me, let me ask you this. Let me, let me pose this a different way. Okay. This is more so what, what I was referring to when I was thinking of. After everything that you've learned throughout the, throughout the last, you know, 72 hours or so, they let go of Kyle Dubas. You saw Jason Spezza a walk. You saw the report from uh, from Elliot Friedman saying that um, you know with Dubis not coming back, it's unlikely Matthew signs prior to July first. There was also another additional report that um, I can't remember who who wrote about it, but I think it was I believe Elliot Friedman I believe also reported this. Maybe it was maybe it was Johnston, but um, that he had texted a current Maple Leaf and said, "What do you think you know Matthews does now?" And he said, "Not sure. Anything's on the table." Like, it just seems like now the future is more murky with what happens next with the team itself. I mean, do you feel that way or do you feel like things will work itself out?
1: I think things will work itself out. Like, I I don't like this idea that people are saying because Dubas is leaving, all the stuff is just like falling apart. I don't think that I don't personally think that it's 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 unfortunate that you're hearing all this stuff come out but it's it's always going to be like this when parting of when teams part ways with people right you're going to hear leaks and stuff like this come out it's not surprising i i guess what i what we've been hearing but i'm not thinking that this is going to obviously put the leafs in such a tough position that they're going to take like you know so many steps back people leave people you know I don't think the Tampa Bay Lightning were all too concerned when Steve Eisenman left. I get it. Julian Breezeball was ready to step in and take on the job there. But if Austin Matthews says he loves playing for the Leafs, he loves the city, then he should show that by not leaving just because Kyle Dubas left, right? Are you playing for Kyle Dubas or are you playing for the team, right? And that's the part that really for me is just like, you know i'm not too concerned about everything because this is what happens when you make these changes i said things are going to get uncomfortable is it an uncomfortable time yes but i'm not like sky is falling right now for this team
0: i'm a little more worried than you are uh, i'll I'll fully admit it like not that i'm hopping on the panic train thinking like okay this team's done you know, Matthews is going to walk as a free agent. Willie's going to walk as a free agent. We're going to have a trade demand from this guy that, you know, I don't think that that's necessarily going to be the case. But, you know, I, I I do believe that it is possible that, you know, one of those guys could walk for nothing, I suppose. But, you know, if, if Matthews does say, I'm not going to re-sign here, a la now you know, that puts the Leafs in a bad situation. You know, like it's 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 tough to be able to trade away A top five player in the game. You know, I think this team is way better with that guy in the lineup than without. He had a down year, and a down year was a 40-goal season. Like, that's how good this guy is. A down season, point per game, 40 goals, and it was a down year for this guy. That's how good he is. And the fact that we've gone from, you know, yeah, we could see something happen where he could, you know, sign by July 1st to now. Yeah, he's not signing before July 1st, and all of a sudden – Now the no trade kicks in and it's like, uh, now he holds a little bit more of power, you know, let's say. Because now it's like, okay, he can basically dictate if he does want to leave and pull a Macachuck and say, look, I'm probably going to play the year out and see what happens. I don't know if the Maple Leafs are willing to do that. I feel like they might have to move on from from Matthews and trade him. And if that's the case, you're never going to win that trade. Never going to win that trade. And then, like, this team without Austin Matthews, like, I, I remember those dark days. You remember those dark days? It sucked. It was terrible. And it just, it, it feels a little less likely that he returns now that Dubas is gone. I, I do feel like that is the case. Like, now he has to think, okay, who's coming in next, and, and, and do I trust that they can put this team in a better position to win a championship? Because, look, we all know it wasn't Kyle Dubas's performance that lost him the job. And that's what is kind of a massive, massive gamble that Shanahan is taking by saying that publicly. Um, because, again, to your point you made you know, a moment ago, how do we know whoever the next guy coming in, how do we know that he's going to do a better job? Dubas is doing a, a great job at putting a team together. They just couldn't get it done. Like It was the players that couldn't get it done. Um, And he was willing to make a a pretty seismic change to that group to try and shift the mark, to to try and shift the culture of something within that team to try and get them over the hump. And before he was even able to do anything, they said, not so fast, you're out of here. And now we sit here and I just feel like there's a lot, there's a lot more questions about the Maple Leafs today than there were a week ago, and and for that ominous feeling that I have in the pit of my stomach, it uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little more um, jaded, I guess, than, than you are about everything, and I just am questioning the the future of this team because of all of that.
1: Here's what I'll say about that. We might not know what the plan is or what's going on, but Brendan Shanahan has been making sure to talk to his players and talk to his staff right like when kyle dubas when they let kyle dubas go it i guarantee those players did not find out from the media or from leaks they found out right from brandon shanahan right and his job right now is to do his best to avoid the ship from crashing so his job right now is to talk to the players and make sure okay like are you guys on board with what we're doing here because this is what we're doing like He's he's got it. he like here's the thing it's not a great situation if you're Austin Matthews because they like here's the thing you tell me that Austin Matthews didn't have any inkling that Kyle Dubas might not come back like there were already talks about people at the end of the season what do you think about Kyle the job he has done like he knew that there could this could have been a possibility
0: like yeah but at the same time like news of possibility is is different than it being reality. You this know, is
1: true, But people get fired. It's the way the sports go.
0: Yeah, but he shouldn't have been fired. Like, that's the thing. He shouldn't have been fired. I think they all expected Dubas. Shanahan expected Dubas to come back up yeah. until Thursday, the Thursday before he fired him. He was fully committed to bringing back Kyle Dubas to be <laughs> his guy, thinking this is the man I want to lead the charge to win a championship. And then all of a sudden there was a discussion about a financial package, which we believe also – had some other language in terms of how much autonomy he would have in terms of hockey-related, uh, you know, the hockey uh, operations type of stuff, roster construction, and that ultimately is what changed, you know, Shanny's view on bringing in Kyle yeah. Dubas. Not
1: not just that, but also an email from yeah. Kyle Dubas saying, "I want to be the, I want to stay yeah. as general yeah. manager."
0: If 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 an email. Is what made Brendan Shanahan decide well, wasn't just you want to agent. go with this guy? That's so petty, dude. Come on,
1: it was. Because it start. Come he, on, Mike. We know it started with his. It started with the press conference where he said, "I'm not sure if I want to do this job." To then his agent making the demands, right? And then the email. Like it was not just one thing. It wasn't just.
0: Come on, like that. It, it, uh, you think So if he would have called and said, I want to come back, you think that Davis would be the general manager right now?
1: I would think that, the, you know what, if you do, because it was not just the, the email. It was the email plus the contract stuff, right? You can't just take one thing and say, this was it. We just said that there was, he even outlined on the Thursday, he gets a contract demand from the agent that was different than something they had discussed uh-huh. plus an email. Like to me, that doesn't like you have like who who's he negotiating with? Is he talking to the agency he talking to Kyle Dubas?
0: again, we have Shanahan's interpretation of what happened. not it' a pretty guys.
1: detailed it was a pretty detailed one too, though. like oh, it was... it,
0: but, but he also very conveniently left out the autonomy part of the conversation and only oh. spun it to make sure that people were aware of the financial package. So he's telling you what he wants mm-hmm. you to know, right? We do yeah. need to also think about that. There's more to the story is what I'm saying. And but does the
1: Tommy thing not also ring alarm bells? I want to do more things without your approval. Like for Dubas, for Dubis, like for Shanahan, if your GM is just like, yeah, you know what? I don't think I need your approvals for everything. Like yeah. who, who's running the team?
0: Well, if you it should be the general manager, ultimately.
1: But he's not the president of hockey operations. I understand that's, that. That's but
0: if you feel like he's done a, a really good job to the point where you're willing to keep him around, you would think that there would be a little bit of, of give there. I'm not but saying how that. Much give? How she, much
1: give, do you give to a general manager?
0: Well, I don't know. I, I, I've i never been in that situation. I don't even know that's how much he, he had or didn't have ultimately. But there is a report out there that he was willing to make a trade last year, and it got nixed by Shanahan. He was just like, no, we're not going to do that. And I believe it was the – the, the Mar-
1: Neyes. Yeah, the
0: Now, granted, we saw what Matthew Neyes is, so maybe look at that yeah. and say, mm, blessing in disguise. But also, what if they had Marc-Andre Fleury last year and Brandon Hagel? Last year, maybe they would have been able to get over the hump and and beat Tampa and go on a long run. You know, you could play that what if game. um, Mm -hmm. But ultimately, you know, I guess it it is what it is, right? Dubas no longer here. But I do think that this is a massive gamble for Brendan Shanahan. It is. And if this doesn't work and if things start to go the other way, like the last three seasons have literally been like the record setting seasons of all time for the Maple Leafs to move on from the general manager. The guy who built that team is a ballsy ass move. If it goes in the opposite direction, it's Shanny that everyone's going to point to and say, a
1: thousand percent.
0: That is the guy who we need to blame. That is the guy where the pitchforks are going to be coming out for. That's all I'm saying is at this point, now that he's moved on from Dubas, all the blame if this goes south is on Brendan Shanahan.
1: Well, oh. Of course, because because you've already, like when you get rid of the coach, when you get rid of the GM, yeah, you give rid of your like. This is why when you make those changes, you got to know for sure when you're making those changes because the narrative yeah changes because now it's your you're the face of it, right? You you have to own it. So I I don't think Brandon Shanahan is worried about that because he wouldn't have done that. He wouldn't have done that if he didn't feel like, you know, okay, he said he needed to think more about the direction of the team.
0: What do you mean he wouldn't have done that? He, he literally thought that Dubis was the best man for the job yeah. up until the, the morning he fired him. So clearly oh. he, he was a little iffy on it. And if you're iffy on something like that, that's a tough thing to stake your career on if you're Brendan Shanahan.
1: It is. No, Let's it see
0: is. What, see what happens, pal. Well,
1: we won't. Well, we won't know until the next moves come. We're at this point. We're just hoping the next moves lead to something better.
0: And that's all we can really hope for at this point, right? We got to look forward, not not uh, not behind us, and moving forward. Why don't we take one more quick break and talk about a couple of the candidates that are being thrown around here for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Some uh, some internal guys also a few external candidates, and one that'll kind of make you think a little bit. Some interesting names have been thrown out there. So why don't we take a quick break, and we'll get back into that list of names next here on the Locked On Lease podcast. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. Uh Dave, we were just chatting about um, you know, the, the direction of the Toronto Maple Leafs and how Brendan Shanahan, you know, decided to move on from Kyle Dubas and his next moves, his his choice of who the successor is going to be, is going to probably be Shanny's biggest legacy, I would think, and uh, dictate whether or not the Shana plan is a success. So we've heard of a bunch of different names so far that have been, uh, that, that been mentioned as potential, um, you know, candidates for this Toronto Maple Leafs job. Um, most of which at this point have been uh, guys who've been there before with experience because in Shanahan's press conference when asked if he would be looking for experience in his next general manager, he did say that would be an attractive quality. Didn't say it had to be, but did mention it would be an attractive quality. So a lot of these guys definitely have uh, a lot of experience, but there are a couple of internal options as well. Um, who don't have that general manager experience? Obviously, Brandon Pridham is a guy who's pretty high on the list. He's currently acting as the interim general manager, according to Brendan Shanahan, all, you know, contract negotiations, trades, everything's running through Pridham right now anyways. And I would hope that whoever does come in to be the new GM keeps Pridham on his staff as as the AGM moving forward, like this this guy's done. He's, he's the cap wizard, and he's done wonders for this club. And also, he's not necessarily a Dubis guy. Like he was hired mm-hmm. by Brendan Shanahan. A lot mm-hmm. of people forget that and just assume that he's a dubus guy. He was a Shanny hire when uh, the Shannon plan rolled through, and he brought in both Dubis and Pritam within like a two-week span of each other. Um, they both worked out with each other this whole way. But Pritam, as you saw, unlike Spezza, does have more of an allegiance, I guess, to the Leafs than he does to Tubas. Plus, he is under contract, so he wants to get paid. Um, but Pridham uh, right now acting as the interim GM, I suppose, and, and I would imagine is also a, an option as the general manager. He'll probably be given an opportunity to prove that he could do it if he wants that job. Um, another internal guy I've heard is, is Lawrence Gilman, who's you know hasn't been a – general manager but he's been an agm in many different places and and potentially he could be you know one of those guys who's who's got a lot of experience in uh in management and in front office so he he's another guy internally who they could look to i heard haley wickenheiser is another name that they could look at if they want an internal uh internal hire you know obviously she's a brilliant hockey mind um, but not a whole lot of experience. So you know maybe she's better served to to still just remain here as an AGM and try and build up a little bit more experience before getting to that. But there are a few others that are considered more front runners um, externally than that, Dave. Why don't you present us with a, a couple of names that uh, that you've read about that you've heard that are making some uh, noise here in Toronto?
1: Well, I mean, we've heard the obvious one with Brad Living,
0: um,
1: you know, former, flames general manager he's the one that was given permission from the flames initially wasn't going to give permission to go and speak to teams he was on the penguins list he's reportedly on the leafs list but the caveat is he cannot participate in the draft because he's already been a part of the flames draft and so there's always teams don't like when general managers have been a part of one team's draft process and then can flop over to another team so that's the caveat there uh so he is obviously um the big name that we've heard just because he's got the experience that everyone's talking about not necessarily the track record <laughs> that you like to hear about just because of the the flames have been in a very similar situation to the leafs so that name is one uh mark Bergervan.
0: I'll say this, though, before I move on from from Living first, and, and we'll go more into detail and sure. probably do some power rankings, and we'll have some fun this week when it comes mm-hmm. to trying to find some candidates. Um, he did do something last summer where he changed the complexion of his team, traded superstar away from his team. Now, again, it did not work out very well you know, by bringing in Huberto, Weger, and a first-round pick from back Chuck. But he has that experience of dealing away a superstar and also getting back some a, a great return. Like at the time of the trade, Tre Living won it. At the time of the trade, clearly, as we sit here now and the Florida Panthers are up three nothing, one one away from heading on to the the Stanley Cup final. Yes, Florida has won that trade. But at the time, Tre Living and what he brought back for that was considered a, a, a victory. Um, so if you are looking to bring in somebody who has experience in making big blockbuster trades, Trelevin is that guy.
1: Yeah. So I'm. Um, he was one guy, Mark Bergerman, the former Canadians GM. I heard his name kind of pop up. He was the finalist for the Flames job. Obviously, that's now going to go to Craig Conroy. Uh, he's also been interviewed for the Pittsburgh president and GM job, or one of them. Uh, so that's another name. We know what, what he's done in the Massive past. Biceps. Montreal
0: Massive yeah. biceps.
1: Yeah. Huge biceps dealt with the harsh Canadian market of Montreal. So we know that someone that's can deal with that stuff.
0: Good style.
1: Yep. Decent style. Uh, he's played the game too before Shanahan would probably know a lot about him as well. Um, Now, when you're looking at guys that don't have the pedigree of being in the front office, we've heard Eric Tulski, who uh, is the Hurricanes assistant general manager, very much of like the very much analytics driven. Um, Obviously, the Hurricanes have really taken this. You know, they're like among now the elite of the NHL based on, you know, the way that they draft, they develop the moves that they make. And Eric Tulski is kind of like the engineer of all that. I know Don Waldahl is technically the GM, but everyone talks about Tolski as being kind of the guy who I, navigates a lot of that.
0: Yeah, I I don't know how much. I, like, if I were to, to play, and I bet on um actually Fandu, I'm pretty sure, has odds on all of this. Uh, yeah. I don't know how, if I'd bet on Eric Tolski being the guy. Been, no experience, and
1: he's an analytics
0: guy. And if, if, if they felt that analytics was the way to go, they probably would have stuck with Kyle Dubas.
1: Yeah, most likely.
0: I, I don't know. Like, Tolsky's one of those sexy blogger picks to be a GM in waiting. And I think that he'll be a terrific GM, just like Kyle Dubas was. But ultimately, I just feel like the Maple Leafs will probably want to go in a bit of a different direction here. But to your point, his name's popping up in, in all of these you know vacant GM positions.
1: Um, I've also heard a name like Jason Botterell who has a ton of experience. No, not always as a GM, but he's worked with the stars, the penguins, the sabers. And now he's currently with the Kraken as the assistant GM with Ron Francis. So he's got a bit of that, you know, he's worked with a team that's going into like a newer, you know, new approach in Seattle. He's also worked for some traditional markets like Pittsburgh. He was part of the, the, the team there that won three cups, so that's something that's going to be appealing there. Um again, will he is he does he fit all the criteria that Shanahan is looking for? I'm not too sure. But that was an interesting like his name was an interesting one because I do like what they've done over there in Seattle.
0: Well, he was a GM in Buffalo for a few years too, there, right? So he does have that technically have experience yeah. as being like, you know, the 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 big man, I suppose. But-
1: yeah. But at the same time, Buffalo didn't exactly have a lot of a lot of right. success on their end, so it's not like you can uh, bank on Bottle to be the you know the the solution there, I would say.
0: He Just traded sure. for Jeff Skinner and gave him the although he traded for Tage Thompson. He made the Tage Thompson deal. So he saw the value in Tagey Thompson. Anyways. Yeah.
1: Continue. Uh, I'll bring in another one. Mike Futa, assistant general manager from the, who used to be with the LA Kings. Obviously a big part of the front office that went on those, you know, cup runs in the early 2010s.
0: Futa, that, is Futa, he's always, he's like always the bridesmaid, never the bride type of guy. Like he yeah. pops up in almost every single GM search and like just never gets the job.
1: Yeah. I think the, the like, After L.A., he was trying to get a bunch of GM jobs, never really got them. He spent a year as a consultant in Carolina. Last year, we know he's been on TV a lot. So that's obviously someone there that, uh, you know, he's... uh, It'd be interesting if, like, he's a guy... Like, L.A. has made some, like, big moves over the years, right? But they've also been a team that relies a lot on what they've done internally right they're not always going to go out and make the big swing for a trade and the other thing to consider here in this whole situation it was reported i believe in the athletic that the shanahan is also consulting with gary bettman uh about about hires and that's something that a lot of apparently a lot of executives do do that you also got to wonder if there's a name from the chicago blackhawks stan bowman who is not who was fired because of the the whole situation with the Blackhawks and how the whole Kyle Beach situation was handled, he would have to obviously be approved, and that likely doesn't come until the end of the NHL season. I believe that's what I read. Um, He's he's someone that has made some very bold moves, veteran. He's also the one that kind of mismanaged the Blackhawks in a lot of ways after they won those Cups. He
0: would be mismanaged, but he just, he, he went all in, you know, he just gave up picks and prospects to retool and win his team three cups in a five year span. Like I don't, it's tough to do. I mean, I do also
1: played a role in that too. I actually didn't even hear, I don't even think I've heard his name out there.
0: I have no idea what Dale talent is up to these days. No idea whatsoever, but I would imagine he's not interested in, in this job. Um, I wonder because you mentioned that they've talked with the NHL to try and figure something out, um, and they're just you know leaning on on uh, Gary Bettman and, and the NHL to try and help them with this process. I wonder if that's in regards to you know how they go about the process of of speaking with guys who are currently attached to other organizations as general managers. You know, you can you can request to talk to AGMs. But if it's a lateral move, you you rarely ever see people making lateral moves. Um, But there's two names in particular that have kind of been put out there that I've heard that are interesting. And that's Doug Armstrong, the current general manager of the St. Louis Blues, who won a Stanley Cup with the team, obviously, back in 2019. Um, And George McPhee of the Vegas Golden Knights also who's currently the president, if I'm not mistaken, president of Hockey Ops. I think they kind of kicked him up the, the curb to keep him around and keep at the time who their AGM. Who's their AGM right now? I don't know why I'm blanking on his actual name here. Vegas Golden Knights AGM.
1: Uh, McCrimmon, Kelly McCrimmon.
0: Kelly McCrimmon, right. So when they wanted to keep Kelly McCrimmon, they moved him up. And then, uh, so he went to GM and McPhee went to like president of Hockey Ops or something like that. So, That is another interesting name too. Would either of those guys be interested in a lateral move to go to a completely different organization? Um, What would it take for that to happen? Would would it would it be a trade? Like, would you have to trade for these guys since they're under contract? You know, that's where it gets real interesting. Like, remember baseball? Remember when um, uh, John Farrell? When the Red Sox wanted John Farrell and they literally traded for him to be the coach. I think in the NFL too we saw Bill Belichick was traded um, to be a coach. They gave up like a first round pick for him.
1: Most recently Sean Payton went for first round pick.
0: Oh, this past summer. Yeah, he was traded. Right, this past summer.
1: like I I think the NHL, I mean I think even when when there was a rule when the Leafs hired Babcock that As part of compensation, because Babcock was still technically under contract with Detroit. Yeah. You had to pay compensation for that.
0: Yes. That's no longer the case, though. That's not long.
1: But you know for a fact that if the Leafs are going to poach somebody that's still under contract, like that's something the NHL would probably say has to happen in some degree. I I mean, we don't know for sure.
0: It's going to be up to St. Louis. I mean, if St. Louis is going to give up their very successful general manager who's under contract it's not like he just he can just go and st louis can let him like st louis holds all the leverage here they'll either say no we want to retain you and you're not going anywhere or doug armstrong say okay then i'm going to step down and quit and they say okay sure go ahead do that but we still have your rights and you're not going anywhere yeah we will not grant permission for you to go so like they kind of hold all the cards and they can negotiate a trade and try and get a first round pick or a player of some kind. If that there is. would have
1: to be some sort of compensation. Like there, yeah, Doug Armstrong wouldn't just be allowed to up and leave. No, leave, especially when he's under contract. I think until 2026. Yeah. It's
0: feed the exact same thing in, in Vegas, right? You know, same situation where I'm sure it would take uh, some sort of asset to acquire him for Vegas to uh, to to let him go to Toronto. But yeah, so those are the names, kind of that we are that we have been hearing about, have been reading about, and we'll see if any of them are in fact the next general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and we'll see what they can do. Um, I'm sure we will uh, continue to talk about this and you know go a little bit more in depth and in detail into some of these guys, and you know give our predictions and give our thoughts on who we think the Maple Leafs should go into. So we'll be doing those on the uh, you know in the next couple of podcasts. So make sure that you are subscribed here to the Locked On Least podcast and we'll continue to do uh, these types of discussions. All right, that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Least podcast on all podcast platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore more Sudi follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. Go ahead, uh, smash that like button if you're here on YouTube. Leave a comment down below. What do you think? Uh, who do you think should be the Leafs' new general manager? Who should lead this team to hopefully the promised land for the first time since 1967? Uh, we'll be back with another episode for you guys tomorrow. But until then, keep locked right here on Locked On Leafs.